Here comes Dave Baker with the show Talking about paper publications you should know Authors and photographers that are fresh on the scene Don't be getting twisted Twisted It's pronounced Zing Zing, zing, zing 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 um, where do you want to introduce yourself? Do you want to uh, ch- chat for a minute before we get rolling? Or? Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, just start with what? I usually I... just ask people, like, you know, have, maybe have them introduce themselves, uh-huh. and then we talk about the stuff they make, then maybe do some um, personal uh, history stuff, and then we talk about conventions and making stuff. It's pretty informal. Um, nothing particularly intense. <laughs> okay. So, fuck you, who are you? <laughs> I'm Erwin Papa. I am a, an artist, illustrator, and sculptor. I uh, illustrate figurative stuff, abstract stuff. Uh, uh, I do the sculpting stuff as well. Um, as far as sculpting figures, uh, kind of some statues, and I also toys. like to do yeah toys, abstract sculpture. On you know on the fine art side, zines. You make zines too. Yeah, did a few zines. Uh, Last one I got was it the Helmet Girl one or like the Monster one? Yeah, the Helmet Girl and Monster stuff. I yeah. basically did the little small mini yeah, the one. mini zines. Yeah, yeah. that was and that was basically I did that because I didn't have a, a business card. <laughs> so like, and everyone keeps asking for a business card. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, I gotta do one, but like I gotta like fit that within a budget. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, I can just photocopy. I, I can do, you know, uh, what what did I do? Like eight or seven yeah, illustrations yeah, yeah. and then make photocopies of that, put my information on the back, on the back side and pass those out. That's super funny. Yeah. So I did, yeah, and then I did a free giveaway with that on Instagram and that went well. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this is good. Nah, yeah. Fuck yeah, zines for life. <laughs> yeah. Zines yeah. for life. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think to start with, just personally, I want to know more about your background because you and I are friends. Uh, we talk fairly regularly on the interwebs. I see you at things. We have a lot of common artistic interests. But I don't know much about you aside from, like, your love of, like, Tarada and Atomo a and, like, shit that I care, give a fuck about. Like, where are you from? Are you originally from California? Yeah, from California. I was born in Long Beach. Uh, and then we moved to Lakewood, I think, when I was around three or four or something like that. And I've lived there up to now. Um, my cousins, my older cousins, uh, they introduced me to a lot of the pop culture stuff, Star Wars, you know, when I was, like, super young, maybe, like, around eight or nine. And... Uh, uh, yeah, they showed me a lot of stuff, and they they started showing me uh, uh, the Japanese artist uh, Yasushi Narusawa, the illustrator mm-hmm. designer. He, he designed a lot of the uh, uh, the Sentai stuff, the bad guys mostly, and uh, showed me from, that. He's like from the sh- is he from Showa era or Heisei era? Maybe the, the maybe the Heisei stuff. Really? He did a lot of the '90s stuff. Okay, that's Heisei then. Yeah, or Heisei or however the fuck yeah, you pronounce it. Yeah, I think Heisei. Heisei. I don't know. I'm gonna say. Heisei. I see. This is the <laughs> shit where like I only ever because I don't have real world <laughs> yeah. fucking Toku friends. I, yeah. I have internet Toku friends, yeah. so I know all this shit about it, but I don't know how to fucking yeah, you pronounce know half of it. Like, yeah, you know. What yeah, it's like when it's in text. Yeah, it took like, me like a solid yeah. five years to be able yeah. to pronounce Shitaro Ishinomori. I think you spoke. Yeah, I spoke, and you spoke about. Uh, uh, what's his name? Bill Sink- 
Sinkevich. Yeah, yeah. I've always said uh, Sinkowicz. Yeah. This whole time, I think just earlier this year, someone said it out loud. I'm like, oh, right, Sinkevich. <laughs> yeah, him, uh, Katsuya Tirada, which I, he's an obvious influence on my stuff with the Helmet Girl stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it introduced me to all of that stuff, and uh, I've just been... And are, do you have siblings, or are your cousins yeah. like the closest people? Uh, my, the cousins are the closest ones that know about all this pop culture stuff. Mm. Uh, I do have uh, two siblings, a brother who's 33 and a sister who's 30. I'm mm. 35. Mm. Yeah. Are, are they artistic as well, or are they kind of... Yeah, they're both artistic. My brother does more of the the chibi anime style. Oh, okay. My sister, uh, she's more of the. I think she graduated with a art historian. Wow! Uh, wow! So she's the one that's going to make no money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, she's at a job. It's like an office job that has nothing to do with. Of course, she did. She got a degree in art history. But she knows she has all that information, and I'll and I can always go back to her and like ask her like, oh, like what's this from? Like who did this? Yeah, just yeah. to know. The influence of the other influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Influence. Hey, can you look at this uh, Giger painting and yeah, tell me what this about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me what word this. Yeah, is this all is this from. the shape here like Raphael inspired <laughs> yeah. or yeah. or is this one here like uh, uh, Donatello inspired? Like, what's yeah. what's the deal here? What's <laughs> yeah. the deal here? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, what do your parents do? Uh, it's it's uh, my mom's a nurse and my dad was a uh, engineer. They're both retired. That's mm. uh, a typical Filipino. Is that typical? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Well, really? the, uh, the nursing is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mo- yeah, most of them are nurses when they come over here. Right. Uh, I think, as far as the male side, it's it's mostly engineers, but they have different. I've heard different occupations that that they've t- taken on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Word. Um, and was your was your family supportive when you were like, I'm going to be a sculptor, illustrator, zinster, toy maker guy? And they're like, uh, okay? Or they're like, well, Erwin, maybe maybe something with some money. Maybe a doctor and you can make toys mom, on the side. Yeah, my mom wanted to be wanted me to be a nurse and I went back to school to be a, uh, to be a nurse. Uh, you did? I, yeah. Hmm. And uh, I started uh, college in uh, like 99 or 2000. And that was like when when I was focusing on art, but I was so intimidated by the, all the other students because they were so good. I was like, shit. Because back in high school, you're, you're like the only you're one. You're the only yeah, guy. You're the only one that's yeah, there were 300. You're the best one. Totally. There's maybe just two other ones. Yeah, there's the, there's the guy that tries to draw, but he just brings the same drawing to school every day and like traces the same lines <laughs> yeah. so that yeah. some girl will see him drawing and be like, oh, you're drawing. Uh, I'm told there was, I was thinking of a very specific human being in my high school who did this. Yeah. And he was the only other person that really drew, and it was infuriating to me. My shit sucked too, but it was infuriating to me that he would bring the same drawing to school every day. Mm hmm. Yeah, there would be those guys, there would be the graffiti people too, which uh, yep. uh, which was pretty cool, you mm-hmm. know, but then there, there was never a person that, that did what I did. You know, or, or you, even there wasn't new. like like there wasn't another like manga, comics, anime, yeah, yeah. alternative person. Yeah, like nobody knew Simon Bisley over right, there. Nobody yeah. knew Jack Kirby over there. They they could point their art out. But, yeah, you know they wouldn't know that stuff or even uh, attempt to draw that. Uh, yeah, yeah, to draw that way. Yeah. So then, uh, um, yeah, in '99 I was at Cal State Long Beach. 
And then uh, I was intimidated, so I stopped doing that. And then uh, I went to other some other schools. And then just in terms of the the just, just the uh, yeah, just, just the, work the other that the students, yeah, the other students that they were putting the work at. I was like, man, like they're they're really good, and I can't get up there yet. And I was like uh, having this uh, low self esteem or just like not enough confidence to keep pushing myself. I guess I just wasn't ready to be in that environment. Mm. Was there something that changed that? Like, eventually? Cause yeah. Like, uh, no offense or anything, but you're pretty fucking badass. <laughs> oh, thank like, you. your shit's real good. So when did when did that click in your head of like, th- oh, I'm going to really buckle down and... I was really contempt at, my, at, at the job that I was at during the time. I was doing security and I was doing... Uh, I was on the graveyard shift. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just... I would just draw all night from 12 to 6 a.m. I was mm. just draw, and I was kind of content with that because they were basically just paying me to draw, essentially. What, what, like, what, just, what was this company? Like, did you have any responsibilities? Like, you just sit no, in well, front of a monitor? Yeah, or? There was no monitor. There was just, there was just a, a, a guard shack. It was really tiny. It was like almost like maybe like three by three feet, <laughs> a three by three foot uh, uh, guard shack. And every hour, I would just walk around the perimeter, which is basically just a parking lot, and to make sure there was nothing happening, go back to the guard shack, and then draw for another hour. So I would keep doing that, and I would, and uh, my friends would see it, and my family would see it, and, and you know they would say, "Oh, that's good, that's good." I never was able to show it off anywhere else outside of my friends and family, and then you know they're they're gonna say it's good yeah, regardless, yeah. right? So then when Facebook happened, and then uh, especially when Instagram happened, that's when uh, it kind of, I, I got more exposure, mm. you know, and then got more uh, jobs with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then, oh yeah, so then uh, when my mom wanted me to, get, to go back to school, I went for nursing, and I met a few friends there. I think in the year 2009, that's when I met a lot of more uh, uh artist friends mm-hmm. and nursing friends. I had one friend that uh, was doing nursing with me and uh, her dad's an artist. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had a free semester where I was applying to the nursing program prior. And uh, since I had a free semester, I decided just to take three art classes, beginning sculpture uh, another life drawing class because when I went back to school, I kept draw- taking life drawing classes mm-hmm. just to learn anatomy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, beginning, uh, beginning sculpture and beginning painting. And after that semester, I think I uh, fell in love back with art mm. because I, that that time sitting in the security box really helped you just build a technical facility or muscle memory in your wrist, so that when you went back to Formal education, you felt like you could kind of stand up to the other people around you? Yeah, yeah, mm. totally. And uh, going back to, to school and going back, you know, learning about art, just uh, really under- and finally understanding why, not that why I do it, but why do other people do it as well. What do you mean? As far as... Uh, like a, maybe like, like an anthropological reason for why we create? Yeah, it's like that. Like it, when I took the uh, the sculpture class, it was just all abstract art, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand that back at the time. 
And why would you just push clay just to make these marks, you know, just to create this form? And uh, by doing it and then learning of the other artists, uh, there's other artists, uh, Louis Bourgeois, uh, Richard Serra, Henry Moore. Henry Moore would make these massive, hulking, abstract forms. You could see there's a, like, a lot into it. Like they're, they're massive, they're hulking, but they're abstract, and they, they vaguely resemble uh, human proportions and human anatomy. Louis, Louis Bourgeois would do these uh, uh, really dangly uh, spiders with these like kind of drippy, drippy, goopy ar- uh, spider arms, and then just looking at that and just trying to figure out like why why is this happening? Like, mm. Why am I looking at this? Richard Serra would do these uh, long arcs, just long. Uh, panels of of steel he he put one on the corner of a really busy uh business area and people got mad because uh they would walk they would they would usually walk around that corner and because he put that arc there because he put that uh a strip of uh, uh steel people would complain like why are you doing this but then that, that that was art. He 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 wanted to have that interaction with people that he didn't even know, and they didn't know they were a, a viewer of that art. And it was and it was like almost uh, 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 interacting with their daily life, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, is that is that is something like that a goal for your sculpture? Because I feel like there's like two halves of you as a, as an artist. There's like the kind of poppy, more pulpy kind of the, the stuff that you and I share in common, which is the uh, 60s through 80s manga, Bisley, heavy metal stuff, um, uh, that that kind of art comics, for lack of a better term. And then there's also more of like a fine art side of you where you want to do... Because, you know, like half the toys you make are very pulpy and manga influence, and then some of the sculpture stuff is not at all. <laughs> yeah. So, like, is, that, is something like that... Uh, a stated goal for you or like you kind of want to do maybe not necessarily that in that specific thing but you want to make something I don't know talk, talk about yeah that. I think it all like I, what I finally figured out and one of my one of my teachers uh, uh, stresses on uh, it all boils down to process it, if you're drawing or if you're writing if you're making music or if you're uh, doing uh, uh, sculpture when I do my fine art sculpture I'm, I, I stress on the form and I just take basically trash or whatever I could find and change the context of it by mm. placing, uh, I don't know, like the microphone with a water bottle. It changes the context. If you put that together, it changes the context of what it is. Like, why is this water bottle next to this microphone? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know? Or uh, uh, constructing, uh, 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 what do you call it? Like a geometric structure with wood and pipe and then uh, making, uh, building mass with other objects. Like, you can you can tell what the objects are, but as a whole, as a form... It becomes something else, mm. and then you can kind of reflect on that. And at the same time, you can see the process of like how much time went into that one piece of work. Mm-hmm. It's almost—it's not about the end result. 
mm-hmm. but it's about the time that you can see that 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 it took to get to that end result. That's it, interesting because I feel like that also manifests in your comics and your zines too. Because it's like you put a shitload of lines on those pages. Yeah, I think that's what it is too. Like I started out with one with with a blank sheet of paper, and like, how can I make something out of this blank piece of paper? And I'm just using pencil and, and ink. Yeah, uh, but does the same context question come into that, or is it not applicable in this conversation? It can if 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 you if you keep spending time looking at it. I I, I can see. Well, when I'm doing it, if I'm doing a helmet girl. Uh, it's easy to recognize because there's uh, there's a face to it. There's a female's face. Yeah, it's a, then, traditionally a young woman with a giant dumb hat yeah, and like shoulder pads. Maybe that's basically what it is. And uh, because I put that face, it's easily recognizable. Mm-hmm. The abstract part is when I do all the helmet stuff, mm. like the gears and all that stuff. Buttons when you break and it, yeah, the buttons little and nonsense stuff. tech things. Yeah, all that nonsense stuff. It's like that's the abstract stuff, and that kind of like moves the eye around. Mm. And then because there's a face to it, it, it it's recognizable. It's it's easy to digest. It's almost like the face is the grounding element, yeah. and then you can kind of build some random uh, asymmetrical shape out of. The hat and or the the helmet and the wires and the, yeah. the negative space of the composition or any of the other elements that you're playing with. Yeah, it's all that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's all that stuff. And then later on, if you keep spending time with it, uh, you can form the viewer can form their own narrative mm-hmm. with it, which uh, I've not really focused on too much. I was just always fo- I always took it as an exercise to uh, to a blank page. Like, what can I do to this blank page? What can I draw? What can I design mm. with this? And then the, the narrative happens later. I leave it up to the viewer to make up their own narrative mm. if they want. Yeah, yeah, totally. Do you think about narrative in terms of the fine art stuff? In terms of you have a concrete idea of continuing with the example of microphone and water bottle? Do you have a, a stated this is why I'm going to put these two things together and then... A little bit. I, I, I stress just more on the process. Like, why is this... Ha- like, why... why what, how did this form come to be? Okay. Maybe the narrative becomes uh, from the time it took or, or the objects that uh, comprise the piece. Mm. Why, did, why did he use a piece of wood and why did he use these other objects? Mm. Do you think um do you think people ever dissect your 2D work in the same way in terms of why why is Erwin Papa the artist attracted to black and white illustrations of helmet girls? Do you think people think about it the same way or do you think they kind of stop at the obliqueness of they see it as it's a human face and some hat? I think most of the time it it comes to that. Okay. I don't know. I haven't heard it. Yeah, uh, anything yeah. else if it's if they found something else with sure it. yeah yeah i i would probably say the same thing i i don't know but i would probably say the the first layer is probably people being like oh it's a cool drawing yeah. and the second layer of people would probably be like oh it's a cool drawing this guy must like dorada <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, i think yeah you'll get that yeah too. and i'm not asking for them i'm not asking for the viewer to like go deep and, and, and yeah. try to look for something. I, if they see a, uh, a girl in a helmet, then that's fine. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, 
let's talk about your sculptures and toy stuff specifically. How did you uh, how did you start making toys? Uh, well, my cousins again uh, going to Comic Con and just seeing. I think like my first Comic Con was back in '94. And just seeing, back when there were actual comics there. Back when there were actual comics there, uh, it was less PC because Playboy and the other <laughs> uh, vendors were there too. That they was still crazy. have some of that shit, man. They do. There's that weird yeah. aisle that's. I'm so surprised it's still there, but there's that weird <laughs> aisle that sells like erotica and like girls in <laughs> motorcycle gear with no yeah. panties and shit. Yeah, it's funny that it's still there. It's like, oh, yeah. I know. Like fucking all these fucking comics people get pushed out, but with the erotica, we got to keep that erotica. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and back in 94, they had the, the big uh, image. I think that's when image, like, first started out. And they took up uh, – their booth was bigger than what uh, – it was, like – it was it was uh, Marvel – Marvel's and DC's booth combined. Damn. Because they, they had this huge, like, uh, corridor in the middle of the booth. But anyways, yeah. No, I want to hear about it, that. It, it no, was, no, no, no. I wasn't the, there for that. Yeah, Tell me about so, this. So shit. it was like that, and like everyone was there. You know, Jim Lee, because uh, like what? Because Image started in like '93 or '94. So yeah. it's, it's like this is like peak. Holy fuck, we have a shitload yeah, of money. And that's when I got excited about comics because my the, my first comics that I bought was uh, was a Spider Man, and I forgot who the artist was. Uh, it was before Bagley. Okay. When, he, when Bagley was still doing the, the regular, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. The regular, yeah, amazing. And uh, I think it, I bought a Punisher Christmas special, okay, because it was Punisher. And yeah, as a kid, right? Of course. Uh, and I think I even got a, a Deathstroke the Terminator Fuck comic yeah. because Deathstroke the Terminator, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got. You just those. described like me from the ages of 11 to 14 yeah i think that's yeah. most of them. deathstroke the terminator because deathstroke the terminator yeah, that's what it said on the on the yeah. on, on the front yeah, yeah yeah so i got those and then my cousin showed me uh wildcats oh and shit that's my first uh exposure to jim lee mm-hmm. and and to image and i was looking through i was like fuck i like this stuff like i, li- I loved his style because no one else was doing the, his style mcfarlane was pretty cool too and then i would like go back and get the spider uh, spider-man that he did and then jim lee's i think i have like five copies of jim lee's x-men number one of course you and that's only half of the com the copies right. printed they were like what nine variant covers or yeah. some bullshit yeah yeah God. you line them all up yeah and so then uh yeah during the the early, during the early days of the uh, of the conv- of San Diego, I would see some booths have uh, have uh, custom figures mm. of like the old uh, Toy Biz, Marvel, and DC stuff they were doing at the time. The old uh, five inch, five points of articulation mm-hmm. figures, and just being exposed to that, knowing that people are making characters, uh, making characters that. The toy companies haven't put out like gave you know put that idea in my head like oh I can make I can make other characters as well one one of my first uh, custom figures that I did were uh, Street Fighter and Mortal, Mortal Kombat fuck yeah who'd you make I made a uh, and I never finished this one because I didn't have the proper material I, I made a M Bison okay. out of a uh, do you know Tim Sears yeah. The big Hulkin. Yeah. He designed some of the the early X Men uh, toy biz stuff. Okay. There was that big hulking apocalypse. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I, I used that for the body, and then I used a cable uh, head 
for the head, and then I had I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to make a hat. So he, so it was M Bison with no hat. With no hat. So he's no not hat. really even yeah. M Bison because no. M Bison it, is yeah, that. He threw his hat away. Or yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah, 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 yeah. So M Bison I, in a windstorm. Yeah. So then I did that. I did a uh, a Vega out of one of the first uh, multi articulated uh, figures. It was a Spider Man. The Toy Biz made five inch. I made a Vega out of that, and then I took an extra Batman animated series, and I turned that into Scorpion, <laughs> and the uh, that vest thing that they that mm-hmm, he wears. Mm-hmm. I made that out of paper. Fuck yeah, you did. Yeah, I made that out of paper, and I painted it uh, with yellow paint just to uh, give it just a little bit more strength. Mm-hmm. It's just paper. I mean, it's just yeah, it's just literally like yeah. just so fucking notebook thinnest, paper. Yeah. yeah, it's the thinnest structure. Yeah, right. it's funny. I did that same thing, but I. I used uh, like Sculpey, but I was too non-committal to like actually bake the Sculpey. So I would sculpt armor or you know whatever on people, and then I would put uh, styrofoam, oh. uh, like uh, not styrofoam, um, tin foil. I would put tin foil over the Sculpey so it would stay like harder yeah. on them, and I would leave them like that for months, and then I would take it off. Like I I had oh. uh, the McDonald's. Spider-Man the Animated TV Series Happy Meal toy yeah. that I had converted into a Wolverine. <laughs> I had a couple Wolverine toys, but I just wanted this to be Spider-Man yeah, Wolverine. You, right, yeah. And so I made a Spider-Man, a Wolverine costume out of Sculpey and, and uh, tinfoil, and I kept it on it for months. And then when I took it off, the Sculpey like, had adhesed to the paint and just, like, ripped it off. So then I had, like, a weird blue that. colorless Spider-Man. <laughs> it was real strange. And same thing with the the spirit or the, the, the shadow movie figure. I don't know why I put stuff all over him, but I made him into this weird, like, demon guy. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. There was no story to it. I was like, I'm going to put fucking weird fangs on his face right, and yeah. armor. It's just the idea of just creating on top of something that that's already existing. Almost like the sculpture stuff, too. It's like just using what's existing and making something out of it for your own. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like akin to like a DJ remixing, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. You're taking samples and you're putting it into something new because you don't necessarily have the musical ability and or, in our case, just physical dexterity to be able to make something new. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, so then, yeah, I did those as, as a kid. I even did a Max. What? You were so much cooler than, well, how old were you? Oh, when you made man, the max, maybe I was like around fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, you were so much cooler than me. Yeah, I was. I, I was all hopped up on the ultimates when I was fourteen. I was like, "This is the oh, fucking shit." Oh, okay. This yeah. is so cool. Yeah, but that was like during like ninety five, like when the max yeah. First yeah, yeah, came course, out and yeah. all that stuff. Like so. I said, you're cooler than yeah. me. Yeah, and I, I, I like. I think I, I, I just like the the independent or the uh, what do you call it? Like the the non popular. Mm-hmm characters more i mean the max and sam keith his style was just so different than jim lee or mcfarland mm-hmm. i could think i gravitated gravitated towards that yeah so i did a sculpture of that i think it was around like 12 inches i never break i never baked it because mm. i we couldn't use the oven for 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 uh for sculpey <laughs> and then uh yeah so then uh, that all oh yeah all that stuff happened and do you then, have photos of it no i don't think i have anymore i i might have the Vega. I ha- I have M Bison still, mm-hmm. and I went back to it again. With uh, I fixed it with with uh, with epoxy sculpt. 
a few years ago, and I still haven't finished it. So that's like the longest the figure, longest and it's progress. still not done yet. <laughs> I, I finally put the hat on, though. I finally sculpted the hat. I hope that you didn't alter the other stuff. So it's like, you know, like 10-year-old, oh 10-year-old, and then like 30-year-old skills with a hat, and then like... Oh, I, I wish I kept it like that. When I made the... Uh, uh, he has the, these uh, billowing pants... And made that out of uh, toilet. I stuffed it with toilet paper, and I put paper on top of it. I and then I this. painted it. With, I love this. With the uh, apple barrel paint. I love this. That cheap paint. Yeah. So then, uh, at, in two thousand nine, I think two thousand nine is like one of the biggest year, or like one of the uh, I yeah, guess I pivotal like, years. Yeah, I feel like when we all things have happened. years like that. Yeah, that was when I met uh, my friend Anthony Soak. And he was into the same stuff that I was into. Yushin Urasawa, Takeyuki Takeya, uh, uh, Katsuya Tarada. And he was also into uh, uh, customizing figures himself. So I would spend time at, uh, at his garage and we would just like go back and finally use, save up money and finally get some uh, epoxy sculpt, uh, epoxy putty, and, and sculpt on figures. I still have a Batman that I haven't finished. Uh, I was starting, I was uh, in the process of doing a Goldar. Fuck. Using, using a uh, DC, uh, Mattel DC 6-inch Etrigan. Fuck yeah. Yeah. The Demon Etrigan. Yeah. Gone, 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 the form of man. <laughs> yeah. Arise, yeah. Demon Etrigan. Yeah, so I did that, and then, uh, yeah, and then I just never stopped uh uh, sculpting and, and illustrating. Well, because you did you did a, a project recently where you did a bunch of like superhero kind of Sentai inspired figures, didn't you? I saw you posting yeah, stuff oh, about that. Oh yeah, that is the series is called Knights of the Slice, and uh, by the creator just Jesse Destazio and Nikki Fung, and I think Cade was part of it as well. And Knights of the Slice is basically. At its core, or in the beginning, initially, it started out as Power Rangers with a pizza theme. So mm-hmm. all the armor that they wear, all of the gold armor bits, the gauntlets, and, and the, the boot armor would be pizza slices. Mm-hmm. And they have this uh, shoulder armor that went around the back, and that was like a whole dish of pizza. <laughs> and I think on, on, the, on the helmet, there's a slice of pizza. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, they're like Sentai and they're pizza, pizza themed. That sounds more grounded than some of the actual Sentai. Like Common Rider Gaim. <laughs> oh, the fruit stuff. Dude. I love their designs. I don't understand. I've never uh, did my research to figure out like what, why, why fruit? Dude. When it used to be a grasshopper, like why is it a fruit? Because it's not even grasshoppers anymore. They just don't do it yeah. anymore. <laughs> But I, I, I mean, I'm not fucking around when I say that that show is maybe the best writer show of the past 20 years. Like I'll have it is, to check it out. It's super dark. The, this, the, the pitch is, what if you live in a world where everyone is in a dancing street gang? So, like, oh, the, instead of sports, you have dancing street gangs. And then if you get into a tie or a disagreement with these dancing street gangs, you don't fight. You have, like, Pokemon-style monsters that fight for you that come from this alternate dimension. Oh, okay. And in the alternate dimension, things are fruit-themed. So, like, these guys change into armor. Like, you know, the the normal henshin for a common Rider is like, ah, I'm going to fucking fight you now, and then I'm going to put whatever the theme of the show is. This card, or right now, you know, not in the 70s, but now it's like, I'm going to put this card, or this jewel, or this... 
water bottle into this thing in my belt, and I will transform into a super-powered whatever the theme is. And so, <laughs> Gaim's thing is he uses these locks, which he gets from the alternate dimension where they get their little creepy-crawly Pokemon guys, right. uh, onto his belt, closes the lock, and then a literal semicircle in reality, like a giant zipper opens up, reality unfolds, and a giant strawberry pops onto his head and then unfolds into armor. It's that's ridiculous. It's so good. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But the the reason it's even better is that they don't they don't say it's stupid at all. They just play it straight. They're one hundred percent committed to like I am now a pumpkin man. Like it's so fucking crazy. And the, the and the designs totally show that too. Yes. Yeah, I'll see the there's a strawberry one. I yep. saw there's an orange one. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. orange is his like standard form, I think. Oh, okay. And then there's like a pineapple one where his ability is that his he because <laughs> you know the Japanese are like obsessed with English, so he'll like the the this the pineapple suit his arms extend and like punch people like fifteen feet away and he goes like pineapple arms a pineapple arm <laughs> they always announce what attack they're doing it's so Street good fighter does they'll say fireball well yeah, they'll say yeah. hadoken which means fireball yeah it's like you're just saying what you're gonna do well even like the my my favorite uh, writer is is uh, Amazon who's like a mentally handicapped Tarzan who has superpowers of a chameleon and he his thing is, most of the writers up until that point, their thing was rider kick, where they would jump into the air and then scream rider kick, <laughs> kick the other dude in the <laughs> face, and the other dude would explode. Yeah. Uh, his is, a big slice! <laughs> and guess what he does? He just kind of makes a slicing motion, and then the guy splits in half and blood sprays everywhere. It's fucking amazing. I think my favorite one is the uh, the watermelon yeah. one. Yeah, I think uh, there's a, co- a Japanese company, um, I think it's Bandai, but under their uh, SIC line... They had this multi-articulated, uh, huge, I think it's around 12-inch watermelon so uh, thing. I was like, oh, I really want that one. Yeah. <laughs> but the designs are just so awesome. And they're like, so you great. Take, you can take anything, brain, take a brain, and make a samurai armor out of that. <laughs> like, why not? Shoes. Shoes. You should do shoes. Dude, shoes would be great because then you could have, like, high shoes. heels and, like, flat tops and, like, wedges. <laughs> like, women's shoes, not, not like, sneakers, you know? Oh, yeah. It'd be so cool. There's, sneakers there's too. a guy that's, like, a belle flat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Yeah. It just always kicks. <laughs> it always kicks. I want the punch, though. Yeah. I want a boot Ballet punch. Ballet flat yeah. boot punch. Yeah. Ballet flat boot <laughs> punch. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, I love it so much. I love yeah. it so much. So were your cousins really into tokusatsu and stuff too, or and how, uh, how much older are they than you? The oldest one is fifty five now. Oh, so he was considerable. Yeah, he yeah, I think he grew up before that stuff, and then he grew into that stuff. Uh, you know, he's he was big on Godzilla. Uh, he was reading the Jack Kirby stuff when they were. Be, when they were on, actually on the shelves, yeah, I think yeah. he even uh, uh, for one Halloween he dressed up as his own Jack Kirby character. He designed his own Jack Kirby costume, <laughs> and I don't think it was. He's like, "There's any- plates, yeah, and I'm gonna stand like this with my hand outstretched yeah. in every photo." He had the, the the huge helmet with the with the panels shooting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, A tiny action <laughs> figure as his herald. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would be the best. Yeah. So he's like in. Yeah, he was into that stuff. He he was li- he was alive during the time all of that stuff was happening. Mm. You know, even up to the eighties, and he was like still into it. Up to the nineties, still into it. Mm. You know? Now they're more 
I think they stopped reading. No, no, he's still reading comics. I think he's reading the DC stuff and some other stuff. I'm not really too sure. But now they're into the TV shows and mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Have you ever been a, a weekly reader? Like, do you go to the shop? I used times? to. Oh, man, I would spend some. I would, like, spend them to, like, 60 and $80 a week. That had to stop really quick, though. But <laughs> You're like... Two weeks in my entire life, I spent eighty dollars a week, and then I stopped. <laughs> yeah, no, it was yeah, it was getting so ridiculous. But uh, what was I reading? I would read the Spider-Man stuff. I didn't really get into. Uh, uh, I I think I I, I started getting uh, more committed during the uh, early two thousands when Marvel was doing the Ultimate stuff. So, so I was reading some of that. I didn't really get into Ultimate Spider-Man till later on. Mm-hmm. I really liked the story uh, that Robert Kirkman did in Ultimate X-Men. So was it, he's the, was it the long shot one? No, that's Brian Vaughn. Was he, he, the he, he Yeah, when he when he turned Wolverine into Cable. I thought yeah. that was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The Green Lantern, J- Jeff John stuff was, was cool. And then the, the prior Jeff John stuff was... Uh, interesting Bendis with his Avengers uh, run the early stuff that was pretty cool Civil War uh, Brew Baker's Captain America that one was one of my favorite ones uh, Matt Fraction when he did was it Matt Fraction when he did uh, Iron Fist mm-hmm. during that tournament yeah dude fucking that, when I was reading it I was like this is this is Mortal Kombat this is how they should have done Mortal Kombat yeah. for movies or, or cartoon or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah this but, is how it's, he's doing. but it's not all Mortal Kombat I'm hoping, stuff sucks. <laughs> I'm hoping that they put that storyline into the Iron Fist TV show, show, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that's too far out it's there for it so to happen. It's so good, though. It was so good. Yeah, so that. good. But then also I would read a lot of the independent stuff. Man, I forgot. I would read Walking Dead that... Uh, a lot of the uh, uh, David Mack Kabuki mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. that that was always good because those like really like super heady mm-hmm. type stuff and the artwork his watercolors were uh, was uh, phenomenal uh, Madman which is always fun and then his other uh, his offshoot the Atomics the Atomics the girl in the Atomics yeah, yeah that and even his uh, X-Force, yeah, yeah, ecstatic stuff, yeah, great, yeah. That, one, that one was cool too. So have you been going to conventions and zine fests, like, through the whole, through this whole time, or? I just started, uh, maybe I went to the LA Zine Fest two years ago was the first one, okay. and then I went to the two Long Beach ones. Uh, Comic Con, I've been going ever since 94, I only missed one year, um, so I saw, like, how it evolved throughout you know i guess these two past decades now how it evolved and uh just seeing how how things changed and and seeing the audience grow into more of a general audience i remember back in high school or maybe after high school um when spider-man came out and i was reading that stuff and uh the other kids would uh, not read that stuff, even make fun of people that would read that stuff. You know, you're a geek or you're a nerd. But at the same time, they want to watch the Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. which I thought it was kind of like a conundrum. Like, you want to watch the movie, but you don't like reading the comic. Like, it didn't make sense to me. Like, I read the comic and I watched the movie, and then I, then I liked the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, and then now it's like everybody wants to go to Comic Con because that they already know that's like the mecca of all this stuff, and it's so saturated, so much to the point now it's just all about TV and movies. The comics are the only time you're gonna find comics is are, are at the vendor side, you know, the Frankenstein side of Comic Con. <laughs> I mean, now they're passing out free Entertainment Weekly instead of whatever the licenses are based on or the comics that are based on it. They're passing that stuff. I mean, like some of that stuff is fun and it makes sense because this is the world. This is what it is now. You know, this is where they're going to make money off of, off, off of the movies and stuff. And I think there's even a time, and it's still happening now, where uh, comic book creators would make the comic book just to pitch it to a to oh, it a definitely happens now studio unfortunately yeah uh-huh. I think you were speaking about Mark Millar where he's basically just turned his company into a uh, a, a a pitching factory yeah. where like hey you want to make this a movie you want to make this a movie because Kick because Kickass made did well for the for same him same with Wanted and the, same with uh, Wanted I think I feel like there was another one too. Oh, uh, Secret Service. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a. I think it's super disrespectful to the medium, and I think ultimately he will be remembered as a sideshow huckster douchebag. Um, but far be it for me, man. You got to pay rent. Do what you got to do. But also, I'm gonna think you're really shitty. But he doesn't give a shit about me. He's got money. If that's what you want at the end of the day, Mark Miller, you, you got <laughs> what you wanted. Uh, maybe it's lame of me to say this publicly, but I have slightly more lofty goals than. I got money. Yeah, and they've been doing it for a while too. A Swamp Thing, right? Swamp Thing. They made that into a movie. Uh, two of them and a TV yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. They're always trying to figure that stuff out. RoboCop. They made that into a TV show, and it was a kids' cartoon as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. that's a different though. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's like that's the weird different. exploitation franchise. Yeah, but I think it's like all those studios are trying to figure out, like, okay, that, there's that one way of doing it, and then there's another way where people are just pitching it to them because now it's a book. Now they had enough money to turn that into a book to make it viable or to make mm-hmm. it, I guess, some give it some legitness to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of a bummer, uh, but I'm just going to keep making yeah, just stuff keep in my fucking basement and let all that work itself out. Because this shit's cyclical. That shit will die because it's not good, and people know it's not good. Um, do you self-define as a sculptor or an illustrator? or? Yeah, both. Is there? Do you choose one or the other, or you're just no. kind of like, these are two things that I'm equally comprised of? Yeah, it's basically that. It's... Uh... <laughs> I guess just what, what what I'm in the mood to do or <laughs> what I'm being paid for at that moment. <laughs> That's what I am. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, even when I'm doing work, like, I'll just have thoughts in my head. I'm like, oh, I should draw this thing. So I'll just pull out a piece of paper and start sketching. Or uh, if, I'm sculpt- if I'm sculpting out and I had more time. Because the way epoxy putty works has, has a three-hour working time. Mm. And when that's curing, I'll, like, use the excess uh, epoxy and I'll just make something real quick. You know, build mm-hmm. something off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, I identify both as an illustrator and a sculptor. And it's almost the same thing. Uh, when you're sculpting, you're kind of just drawing in 3D. Even if you're just using found objects or if you're pushing clay mm-hmm. around. It's almost the same thing. Uh, do you have any words of advice or – let me rephrase this. 
if you could travel back in time and talk to yourself when you were in that security guard oh, yeah. thing, what would you tell yourself in order to get yourself to make stuff? I would say to just keep drawing, keep sculpting, uh, look for more influences. Uh, yeah, and just never stop drawing. I think drawing is the basis to all, to, to what I do. Even storytelling, too. Even though I don't really story do the narrative stuff on, on that side. Uh, drawing, uh, drawing characters kind of like adds to that. Mm. Building just those thoughts or just those, uh, creating new concepts, mm -hmm. creating new designs. Uh, yeah, helps with that. But yeah, just never stop doing what you want to do. Do you think that you, that you as an individual had to be in that place of lack of confidence in order to get where you are now? I think so, yeah. I think I needed a lot of time by myself to figure it all out, to <laughs> figure out what I can do, what I'm capable of, and what I'm not capable of, and always pushing myself. Whenever I do a drawing, I'll constantly, like, people might just always see my work and always see it as a helmet girl, but every helmet girl I do, I always try to make it different from the one before. Mm -hmm. still a girl and still still a helmet <laughs> but I was trying to make it different as an exercise like how many lines can I put into this uh, blank piece of paper and uh, what are these lines going to do on in, in this area what is the face going to look like? like most of my faces are, are basically mostly the same frontal mm -hmm. maybe I'll do a profile or a three quarters but the stuff around it that's the stuff that excites me Trying to make something abstract that at the same time uh, look functional, mm -hmm. you know, when there's no... And then I leave that to the viewer again, like, what, the, what, do you, what, what does this do? What does this helmet do? It looks like it does something. <laughs> it could be doing nothing. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. yeah, so there's that. Um, and as far as the narrative stuff goes, when I'm doing the helmet... Because, like, I'll sit down and I'll look at my drawings, from the previous drawings, just... Uh, as a portfolio type thing, I'll put it. I'll just look at them and I'm tr and I'll like ask myself like, why do I keep drawing the same thing over and over and over and over again? You know, I'll do the monster stuff too, but uh, I think with the helmet girl stuff, it kind of becomes this notion of. Well, I like to do the helmet girls and 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 put them. Uh, in a, a wasteland type of world, cyber tech, cyberpunk kind of world. And I was just thinking, like, why are they wearing all this armor? And I was just thinking, someone, I don't, don't know who brought up the, the concept, but uh, humans kind of remove themselves of the environment. They remove themselves from, from even touching the ground. We wear shoes, right? Mm. And then uh, later on, if there is, if there were to be a, 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 a catastrophe, a natural catastrophe, or some nuclear bad thing that happened, you know, globally, we would have to put on armor to protect ourselves from, you know, Fallout, radiation, whatever, yeah, yeah, and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So you had to put on that armor. So now it becomes functional, and then. Uh, and at the same time, we remove ourselves even further from from the earth or from the environment. So, just putting that into, just giving that context into into those drawings, I think that's uh, 
I guess, a subtle thing that I, yeah, that totally. I put into it. I, I think I deviated from the... No, no, no. I don't think so at all. Uh, when you draw, are you conscious of the lines that you make? Like, physically, like, oh, this needs to be from there to there, and then here we're going to make a circle. Like, are you thinking that, or are you? is it more kind of a less deliberate, more intuitive experience when you draw? I, yeah, I think at the beginning when, when I was drawing, I, I would be more concentrated on how far a line would go. I would even, like, put, like, two dots, like, one on, a dot on one side and down other on the other side and draw a straight line connecting those dots. Now I'm getting a little bit more uh, loose with the drawings to be a little bit more abstract. To just just put all these lines, put put the oval for the head, so we know where where that goes, uh, uh, and then just now being loose enough with my lines and still uh, and still pay attention to the. Uh, when, uh, the composition. Oh, okay. Paying attention to the composition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like I'm at that phase now. Mm. Yeah, when I was doing life drawing in the beginning, my drawings were so technical looking, all these straight lines just to make a curve, that I almost removed the humanity out of the model. Mm. I was just drawing this model as an object that was in front of my eyes, and it, the the poses were so static, so rigid. And then by just loosening up, I started adding the curves just to give some humanity to to what I was drawing. It it was even almost not just using the model as a basis to put, just as an excuse to put lines on on a piece of paper. Mm. Now the Helmet Girl stuff or whatever I'm doing, I'm just putting all these lines as an excuse to make a drawing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and then when I'm done with that, get another blank piece of paper and do another drawing. Mm. You know? Now I'm trying to figure out how to... I think I just need more time for as far as the sculpting stuff goes to practice that. Hmm. Does that frustrate you? Because you seem like somebody who's very deliberately paced, but at the same time very... I don't want to say slow, but it, it takes you... A minute to kind of separate all of those boxes out, look at them, and then put all those boxes back inside of each other. Does that is that a frustrating experience, or is that something that you're like, no, this is the way it is, and I work at this pace? I think it's both. I think I am slow when I'm drawing, but I think I do need that frustration to get toward the end, mm. get to get to to the goal. Because if I don't have that frustration, then there's no point in me drawing. Really? Yeah, I, I I need that. It's not a and, it's not a something you do for pleasure ever. It's, it's no, always... it is at the same time. I think that frustration is the pleasure. Oh, part. really? Yeah, I I like testing myself to see what I can do. Going back, man, I keep going back to the helmet girl stuff. That, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. what I do. But that, like, I could see. I can gauge myself when I'm phoning it in. Mm. Just to finish something, mm-hmm. and at, and and there's other drawings where I can gauge myself like, oh shit, this is taking me a while just to figure this out because I want this to look a certain way, mm-hmm. and then by that, by creating that frustration, creating that, it, asking myself that, it, or, or telling myself that it has to be a certain way, I have to kind of like step back and say like, it doesn't have to be a certain way because I can get in the, I can take another blank page and and do it again mm-hmm. and figure it out. Then let me just figure it. What I can figure out now on with, with whatever lines I put down. The thing, the thing that I responded to, to the most in what you just said, and that I relate because I'm in the middle of drawing 
Action Hospital Volume 2 right now, which is a somewhat laborious and minorly frustrating thing. Uh, because uh, basically it's... I'm, I'm in the middle of this... I'm probably about 100 pages in, and there's this big fight scene, which is 14 double-page spreads all taped together in an L shape. And that's just the background. And then I'm going to draw probably somewhere between... 50 and 100 foreground figures uh, that are going to be falling down this L shape and then fighting down this hallway. So I'm going to I'm constructing it almost like it's an animation thing, you know, kind of like how they used to do animation cells back in the oh, 50s. Oh, right. Yeah, when they track the camera. Exactly. Yeah. So the reader won't see any of that L. They'll just be turning the pages in the background and will be moving um, as the characters fight through this environment. Um, but I've been simultaneously a listening to a lot of uh, director, movie director interviews where they talk about the frustration of want and, you know, every, everything in film in terms of the decision-making processes are codified with the word want. Like, the, the production designer will come to the director and say, well, what do you want? What do you want that to look like? What do you... And I have this image in my head of how this fight scene is going to work and this specifically, like... I've never read a comic that has worked this way, you know, in terms of, like, turning the pages in the background, moving as the foreground characters are falling through an environment. Um, but I have this vague idea of what the finished product will look like, and it's almost like navigating a terrain where it's like, this is, that's, the, that's the ultimate destination, and I'm over here, and I don't really know how to get there, but I know that if I keep drawing enough, I will get there. Um... But the word want is so frustrating to me because that's how my entire experience is like I want to get there. I want to go and to have this page turn mechanic actually work. But I don't know if there's a word in the English language that describes that feeling because it's not quite want because want is like it's something that I desire. Whereas this is something that will be that I have to find a visual vocabulary to describe. I don't know if that's being even remotely articulate. <laughs> it's because you're going through the process and the process is difficult. Yeah, it through. is. It is. And it's like, I can see what it is and I know what it's going right. to be. I just have to do that. But describing that as, um, oh, I know, I want it to look this way for me personally is very irksome because then there's a small percentage that it won't look that way because you don't always get what you want yeah does that make sense yeah i think with me uh, when i've run into i guess something similar to that i just have to remember just to be a little loose now and to be a little loose and i i have the excuse or i guess i have the, the luxury where i can just finish that drawing and do another blank page you have yeah unfortunately i have specific a specific thing. thing yeah yeah but within that specific uh, set out, uh, layout, there's a looseness, I guess, you can take with uh, the composition mm -hmm. of those characters. That was one of the questions I wanted to ask is when you do those background characters, are you doing it where this guy's got to look like this? Oh, you mean just in general when I do those big crowd scenes or specifically for this thing I'm working on for, right for, now? For, yeah, for this thing or maybe even the other thing. Um, well, the other, the two, it's basically the the first the top double the top most double page spread is like a a hall like an elevator shaft mm -hmm. uh and the 
wall of the elevator shaft forms the leftmost edge of the paper. The first page turn is that wall exploding and a ten-headed demon oh, and Sharkerham Lincoln, like, Exploding through it, fighting. Oh, I just learned of his name now. <laughs> I always see that guy, and I was like, yeah. oh, "That's his name." Okay. Yeah. Well, his <laughs> his technical name is nine and three quarters headed demon. <laughs> nine, nine and three quarters headed demon. But I I call him ten headed demon in, in conversation because nine and three quarters headed demon is a lot of no, fucking no, the, syllables. The the the, the, the shark. Oh, Sharker Ham yeah. Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's kind of like the anti-hero of the second book. Uh, his uh, wife. Uh, he lead, he's the leader of a small nation called Shark America, which is comprised of uh, shark-human-clone hybrids. Uh, and they've been having a small turf war with the U.S. for some time. And he comes here to sign a treaty, finally, and uh, a terrorist kills his wife and drives him crazy in the hospital. And then stuff happens, and he ends up going berserk and fighting a bunch of people and whatever. Um, so then going with uh, your your want, like, What's not happening? It's not that anything's not happening. I think I just don't... It's the it's a literal frustration with... Simultaneously with just the amount of time it takes to sit there and do that. Like, I wish that I had an assistant. Like, I wish that we actually had, like, a mangaka-style apprenticeship program here in the States. Because it would be existentially so relieving if I had someone who could Photoshop those things together or someone who could uh, finish areas that I didn't ink. Like, oh, I'd ink like 70% of this drawing and then hand it to somebody else and they could, you know how this cross-hatching thing is supposed to go. Just do that. Or um, Would you be comfortable with that? Giving depending your on the person, yeah, even absolutely. so early as it is with the pencils? I think so, yeah, because... I mean, I wouldn't want to give it to someone whose style didn't match mine at all. Oh, right, but we, you and I right. have kind of talked about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, like, if you and I were to sit down and do a drawing together, I think you're probably a better draftsman than I am. <laughs> yeah. So Even looking through your feed, too, uh, uh, from Instagram and, and Facebook, just watching the videos of you drawing, and I would just think, like, man, do, how would I ink that? Like, do I straight... Obviously, I would stay true. Yeah, but I don't think you just. Lines, but, but I, I don't think like, you. Tr- I don't think you trace it. Trace it. I think yeah. that there's. You know, I would find ways like how do I embellish on this one yeah. area, uh, on whatever series of lines. Like how do I make that, you know, pop more. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of what I do when I ink too. Like I, my pencils mm. aren't like quote unquote finished drawings. They're very. Um, they're a roadmap. You know, mm-hmm. for me as a as an inker, because that's kind of what I like doing more than penciling. Um, but I really just don't like drawing things twice. That's the only oh, bummer man. about it. Oh, like after drawing two hundred and fifty pages, really don't want to. Because I'm really this year. I'm basically trying to get this book done in a year, and that means I will have drawn five hundred pages of comics. That's really only two hundred and fifty, <laughs> but I will have drawn them twice. So I count that shit as five hundred pages. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think that. I just have a, a a disdain for the word want in creative discussions because it means that there's a there's wiggle room where and maybe this is just me being egomaniacal but there's not wiggle room there's this is what it's going to be I just need to do that help me do that 
It's not. Oh, it could be any. It could be a shotgun blast radius of anything from here to there. As long as we get the quality level in this area. No, fuck that noise. It's gonna be. There's gonna be a ten-headed demon and a shark guy, and they're gonna be falling down a fucking elevator shaft, and they're gonna be punching and kicking each other. And there's gonna be laser vision, and then they're gonna. It's gonna be. That's gonna be a metaphor for their descent into insanity. Blah blah blah. Like everything I write, where it's like, yeah, they're dumb ideas, but there's also a deeper metaphor there. Hopefully, um, so I think that's simultaneously I'm just like having a lot of fun drawing this stuff and yeah. also like because you can tell when somebody's having fun and that's mm-hmm. that's what I have to remind myself of is every day is like you want to be here you want to have this book done like that's what I did today for the majority of the day I listened to an audiobook and drew uh, probably about 10 pages worth of stuff which is kind of cheating because it's just 10 pages worth of foreground elements but Fuck it, whatever. It's, I can still say ten pages. <laughs> so there's a lot of back and forth when you're doing your pages? Sort of. I mean, because, well, right now I'm literally only drawing those foreground elements because mm-hmm. the background is all drawn, so I just have to draw that giant ten-headed demon over and over and over again. And large, largely I trace him. Do you, you ever know? go back and or when you're doing a page and you just some idea just sparks like, oh, i got to put this down oh, on some yeah. other page? Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like, there's actually a character that's in this book that's a larger, minor character who was not in the script at all. Oh, wow. Like, uh, primarily because of Instagram. I mean, not to be cheesy, but I fucking love Instagram so much. It, it provides me such <laughs> emotional support through all this bullshit. Um, I can't, I mean, it's, I think it's dangerous to chase that, but uh, it's, it's very rewarding when, you know, Instagram reaches out and they're like, hey, you don't suck. Oh, yeah. That's always nice. <laughs> Those nice little hugs. Yeah, yeah. Internet hugs. Yeah, and there's like a character that was, I just drew in one crowd scene. You know, one of those crowd scenes with a billion people. He was kind of in the front. He was like a, he's wearing a jacket and shorts. He's like an action hospital employee and he's got like a see-through head and eyes and teeth. And it's just like his brain and eyes and teeth floating in this oh, yeah, see-through yeah. head. Uh-huh. That guy was just going to be a one-off. I was just drawing that guy and like everybody commented on it like, that dude's so rad. That dude is so <laughs> rad. And I kind of fell in love with this stupid character and is now like a weird D-list action hospital character who like appears in like 10 pages in the book now. Whereas before he didn't even exist, which is really fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you get lonely drawing? Do I get lonely drawing? I, I, I do my work at a, at a donut shop, so that's as public as I can get. <laughs> but I'm just drawing by myself. Sometimes my friends will stop by and, you know, but then that's when I stop drawing. I just start talking to them because <laughs> I can't, I can't do two things at once. Really? I'm concentrating when I'm, con- even when I'm, I feel bad when I'm here at, for, uh, Meltology and I'm trying to finish my drawing in, in those few hours, those few three hours that we have, and I can't, I can't talk to anyone. It's like, fuck, leave me alone. Like, no, this is the point that I'm here with other people to, to communicate with them, right? To grow with them, you know, to, you know, to learn from them even. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, but, but I'll, like, listen in on their conversations and... I'll chime in every once in a while. Mm. But I wish I could do it more. Yeah, but when I'm doing my work, I usually... I'd rather just be alone. Even when I was at school and doing my sculptures, I'd just leave me alone. I'd just try to find some area to work, to be alone in and just and just work there, you know, for as long as I, as I can. 
And if I'll take a break, I'll, then I'll take a break with with my friends. Hmm. And then when I'm done with that break for 15 minutes, I got to go back to work. And so you don't work at your house at all. You only work. In I the have donut no shop. space. In my, I I've done a few stuff. Like the last the uh, the last project that I did, I, I did work at home for a little bit because I just needed to get that thing done. But even the last hours that I worked on on, on that project, I I went back to the to the donut shop. But yeah, that like the donut shop right now. That's my studio space. Huh. And they don't give a shit that you're in their fucking Dunkin' Donuts I, I, or whatever. I I, I I slipped in work like uh, like more work uh, uh, over time. Like in the beginning, I would in the beginning I would I would study for whatever class I was studying for, and then when I was done with that, I would do a drawing, small drawing. And then uh, if I was doing a comic book or something, like oh, I'll do a little bit bigger drawing and do it for a little bit longer time. You know, I'll do that, and then uh, later on, I would, I would like get the idea. Like, I think it's ready. I'm, I'm okay if I brought in like sculpture work to do. Do some sculpture stuff. They just keep no fucks. And I keep doing it, and then people would look. You know, I would get the looks. Obviously, if you're doing this 3D sculpture thing, like you know, people are gonna look and they're gonna ask. So yeah, and then no one, no one said anything for me to stop doing it. So I just kept doing it. Man, yeah. I even I've dremeled inside there too. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, so like this, is, they, this they, is that they... late at night. They'll hear it. Like, let me just try. It. Like, I remember the first time doing it. Like, I'll try it out. I'll turn it off, but I put I'll, I'll set it really. I'll quickly set it low, so it doesn't sound too loud. But it still made a sound. Yeah. So there's two bakers in the back, and like one of them, if he's helping out a customer, the customer they'll, they'll look. What are they gonna say? If, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm they'd be like, hey, sir, please don't do that in our place of they business. Have, and they haven't said that. They go, oh, How long have you, you been doing? going there? It's almost three years now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's one before that donut shop. I always, like, was always, this is the second donut shop I worked Do at. they know your name? No, I don't think. I but think they, they, they know they, you, I, though. Yeah, they asked for my name. I, I introduced myself to them, but I don't think they remember now. Now you're just, just that the, the regular. Just the guy that, that comes in that draws and, or he sculpts his thing and maybe he'll dremel. Do you buy donuts time. every time? I don't. I, I get coffee. I rarely get donuts. Sometimes I get donuts, but I usually just get the coffee and I'll get the refills. And if they're okay with that, then. That's so I'm okay good. With that. I love my, this. My the the original the first donut shop I went to I made I uh, I was studying and I would be drawing, and it was my beginning sculpting class, and the last project was to uh, make a form construct a form out of one, all out of the same unit of uh, whatever object it was, and I used the. Uh, those spiky seed pods. Have you seen those brown spiky seed pods? I have no idea what that, that is. That what do you mean? Drop. Oh, like like they're pine like, cones or something? It's not pine cones, but they're spiky. They're sphere. They're spherical and hmm. they're spiky. Yeah. So I would use that. I would super glue. Uh, not super glue. I would just uh, hot gun glue each of them all together. And I made them huge. I made it around. It was around four feet by three feet by two feet. What the fuck? In... At the first donut shop I went to. <laughs> and then they were like, they sir, please do not anything. come back. No, he was just looking at it. The baker was just looking at it and just being amazed. Like, wow, you're, actually, you're fucking doing this thing in here? I guess he, he was in such awe that I had the audacity to do that here. But he wasn't going to tell me to stop. Like, you think you can do this shit in here? Okay, that's fine. 
I guess if it didn't touch the donuts, it was okay. <laughs> this is amazing. And I, and I was doing, I was like, holy shit, it's not saying anything. I'm gonna keep working on it. <laughs> but but that donut shop, they were they were so the employees there, they were so lax, they didn't really care. That's so but, fucking funny. Yeah. So after it. that, I was like, oh, I think I could do anything I want. I mean, I'm not gonna work on a six foot painting. I really wish you would have. Life size sculpture. <laughs> I wish I could, man. I wish I could. So yeah. Do you uh, do you have any conventions or anything that you're going to in the near future you want to promote? Yeah, um, there's Designacon uh, in Pasadena at the Pasadena Convention Center on November 19th and 20th. That's a Saturday and Sunday. I'll be sharing a booth with 81 Toy Co. He, he does uh, resin figures and other stuff that I can't announce. That you just have to go to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be selling prints there of uh, illustrations, the Helmet Girl stuff, the monster creature stuff that I've done. I have four. I'm going to be doing four new prints and premiering it over there. Two of them are colored by Colton Palmer, which is one of my buddies. And uh, he goes to Cal State Long Beach. Okay. Um and the other two are colored by Roshi, which is another buddy. Uh, both of them have been here to oh, okay. melt, uh, for the Meltology stuff, so I'm excited to see uh, to see those. I saw two of them already; they look pretty good. And then there's other stuff. Oh, I'll also be selling my first manufactured toy. Yeah. So exciting, dude! I got the I got the test shot a few weeks ago, so uh, it's it's uh, yeah, I got that. Looking at that, it's just it's 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 so it's still surreal that all of this has happened. Yeah, uh, them asking me to, to to sculpt this thing. Can you talk about what it is? Uh, not yet. Not. Yet, but if that, you is know, it the, is it the thing that you, we were talking about? A no, couple, it's not okay. that one. I'll okay. show, I'll sh- uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll show it to you later. Okay, but uh, if you've been following the sculptures that uh, the figures that I've sculpted, that you'll have an idea of what of what it is or what it's based on, or what it's yeah, what it's for. But yeah, it's, it's super exciting just to see it uh just from sculpting it in an epoxy and then sending it out to uh uh to get it tooled and then coming back as this now it's cast in in the same plastic you know from the yeah. chinese factory yeah 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 you know just to see it in plastic like an, an official figure that i've done rather than uh, uh a resin cast mm-hmm. you know piece and those are always fun to see that too, just to see a copy of of your work, mm-hmm. you know, that's always fun. But yeah, this one, like now, it's in in plastic, and the pieces all fit, and just moving it around, it's just so weird. And like just thinking about like the years, like in the future, like what else is gonna happen? It's really exciting. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. Fuck yeah! Yeah, I can't wait. Where can people find you on the internet, my friend? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Irwin.Papa, Irwin with an E. And, uh, oh, and then I have a uh, Store Envy uh, shop, uh, IrwinPapa.StoreEnvy.com. Yeah, no website yet. Fuck websites. <laughs> that being said, you Have can you heard f- of ArtStation? ArtStation? No. Yeah, it's like another, it looks like it's just, uh, a, a portfolio website for artists. 
a lot mm. of sculptors are putting their work there. But I was thinking, like, if I can I use that for a website? Just do a Squarespace site, man. It's so Just easy. Squarespace. I mean, that's what I, I have, which is heydavebaker.com if you oh. wanted to go find some of my comics <laughs> or zines. Uh, or you can read about uh, Action Hospital at theactionhospital.com. Uh, or find me on the shrimp stigurm at xdavebakerx. Erwin Papa, thank you for being my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you yeah. for coming in and talking to me yeah, about thank dumb you shit. For having me. Yeah, uh, this is fun. Fuck yeah! I feel yeah. like I know you more. When is it? When when is it gonna happen? Where you gonna have repeat uh, uh, guests? I don't know. How long have you been doing? How many episodes have you done? Twenty, fifteen? Oh, I don't wow. know. I'm not sure. Yeah. We, I'm not opposed to repeat guests. Why? Are you trying to get I Nicole on to so... learn more about her? Or no. Something? <laughs> I don't. I think there's just so much to talk about rather than what was covered in I agree. the first episode. Not just me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. With everybody, too. yeah. There's like so much more. Uh, I forgot. I mean, I, I now I totally forgot what the other guests. No, yeah, were, but no, I was no, like, I, I want to learn more about them. Like, what else? Are you, like, like from like maybe like a year from now. Yeah, come lo- back lo- and loop just back to and everybody. See, yeah, like, what happened? Yeah. Well, especially know. like I, I. I feel like the, I just want to talk to more of the, even just selfishly, the Action Hospital people, since there was like 11 oh, yeah. artists oh, yeah. on the book. I would love to learn. I know. I, I, I mean, I know everybody. We're all friends, but... Just to get that yeah, out there's, there. Yeah, there's, there's like, it's, it's funny how the excuse to just sit down and shoot the shit really... I don't know. It, it brings something out in people. I don't, you know, sometimes it's, you know, you just learn dumb shit like logistics of that they have two siblings and their dad was an engineer and their mom was a nurse. And sometimes it's like, wow, you really wanted to be a horse racer. You want to be a jockey. And now you're a, you know, fucking zinester. That's crazy. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just learn weird shit about sitting down and talking to people in a little bit more formal of an arena. Not really even that formal. It's not like I'm like. Yeah, I always appreciated podcasts because it was mostly the ones I listened to. It's like, the conversations now they're being actually recorded the conversations that you would have you Just know out normal humans, or yeah. whatever yeah yeah, yeah. now they're actually recorded and you can listen to them. yeah exactly yeah and that's why i, I love them because i listen to episodes with like my favorite creators and learn what sports teams they follow like this dumb shit you're not going to find in interviews the like weird little keys into oh, people's yeah. personalities that's yeah. my favorite shit um thank you for uh doing the show yeah, my friend thank you for having me yeah Zing, 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 zing.